Hello, everyone out there. This is Peter Harris from Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's podcast is why I chose a six unit multifamily, why I bought in the area I did, how I financed the purchase, how it's going now, and what my future plans are with this property. This is a property that's a great example of the deals that our students do every single day across the country. Let's get started. All right, so first we're gonna discuss why six units and why this market. First of all, because it's commercial. So if you don't already know, anything between one and four units is considered residential, regardless if it's multifamily. So five plus units means commercial. So what does that mean for me as an investor? I can force the appreciation on this asset. Now, if you don't know what this means or you wanna learn more about this, Peter has a great video. It's titled four versus five unit, which is better. I highly suggest checking that out. So why this market, why this location? First of all, six units is very rare in this market. 20 to 30 units do not exist here. Now, why is six units so rare here? It's because it's a second home market. It's very residential here and it's mainly a tourist area. So. What this means is that the price points of the home are very, very high. And to give you an idea of how this tourist area grows every summer, in the winter time, there's about 30,000 people that live here. The population grows to over 100,000 people in the summer. So there's a huge jump there. Now, what this means for me is that the demand is really high. The inventory is really low. So that means I can make a lot of money. So anytime that a unit becomes vacant, there's a really quick lease up here low vacancy always. So I would say that my units stay on the market maybe a week until they're turned over with a new tenant already coming in. Now let's discuss how I found this deal and why would a seller sell off market? First of all, here at Commercial Property Advisors, we have a system of finding off market deals. So I actually used our direct to seller marketing to find this deal. Now, what that direct to seller marketing does is it actually allowed the seller to call me to find the deal. So as Peter always says, off-market deals are the best opportunities. So that's what we're always looking for. So why would someone want to sell their property off-market? Well, there's a few reasons that they may want to do this. First of all, the obvious, avoiding commissions. They may want to just avoid real estate agents altogether, or it could be for privacy reasons, which was the scenario in this case. The seller was the only one who was on the will, and he didn't want his family to know that he was selling this property because he didn't want the family to know what kind of profits that he was gonna be making off of this property. The property was owned free and clear at the time, which they knew. So this is why direct to seller marketing is so important because you may never know somebody's personal situation that they're dealing with or why they may be looking to sell their property. Next, we're gonna discuss the leverage I had on the property. So what opportunities I had and how I took advantage of them. First, let's discuss the property details, the basics of this property. So as I mentioned earlier, it's six units, it has attached garages, it actually had four attached garages, which is a big deal in this market. The purchase price. So I purchased the property for $850,000. As is when I purchased the property, it probably could have gone to market about 1.2 million. So I came in with instant equity, about $350,000 there. Now the land itself was probably worth about $700,000 at that time as well. So this was a great deal. So this property consists of two one bedrooms, three two bedrooms, and one oversized unit. This unit had a two bedroom, two bathroom with a den. Now at the time, this unit only had a two bed and one bath. I added the second bathroom, which I'll discuss in a little bit. Lastly, the location is A+. So this location is centrally located. It's close to downtown, but just outside of the busyness of the downtown area, close to the ocean, and actually it has water views from the top floor, which was a huge plus as well. 
Next is the deal structure. So the seller wanted out. He wanted a quick close. So this really meant that I had to figure out how to do a cash closing. Now I needed to find an investor to complete this. Thanks to commercial property advisors, I was able to find an investor who actually was doing a 1031 exchange at the time. So they needed to place their money elsewhere and they were also looking in this market. It worked out perfectly. So I was able to negotiate a 60-40 split. They own 60% of the property, I own 40% of the property. Now with this split, it means that I was going to be doing all the management on the property as far as getting this property up and running because it was a neglected property. So that's how I earned my 40% there. I also was responsible for putting in 40% of the capital when we were doing some upgrades to the property as well. So this was a great negotiation because I was no money out of pocket here. So the big opportunity here was really the vacancy. And like I said, it was a neglected property. So high vacancy, meaning there were only two of the units that were rented. One of the units was grossly under market and the other unit was unfortunately a hoarder. So we had to take care of this situation and we had to phase these tenants out so that we could fix up the units and get the higher rent that we were looking for. Now, there was also no management on this property, which again goes back into the idea of it being neglected. So lots of deferred maintenance, junk around, trash around, a lot of the personal belongings of the owner were left behind. Everything was in not great condition, even some water leaks. There were some open walls when we purchased the property, but the exterior, the exterior was in really good condition. Now, this is something to be aware of because if the exterior is in bad condition, this can cost you a lot of money. Roofs are most expensive, exterior repairs are most expensive. And if we're talking about interior, you wanna look out for electrical work, that can be very costly as well. But we were fortunate that the exterior was in great condition, so I had no major costs there. Next, I wanna talk about how did I increase the value of this property? So essentially what I had to do was I had to start over. Now, what I mean is that I had to get rid of the hoarder, now also had to remove the grossly under market rent tenant. Now, with the tenant that was under market, he actually was glad to go. He had no problem. He was actually going to be moving anyways. So that worked out great. I mean, that was easy. The hoarder, we wanted to help him out. So sometimes in situations like this, to achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve, you have to be flexible and you have to work with people. So with the hoarder, we agreed that we were going to let him leave the apartment as is. So with all of his items still left behind, and we were going to give him back his security deposit to help him get back on his feet into a new unit. At the end of the day, it wasn't a lot of skin off our back. And I was already gonna be dropping a dumpster at the property to clear out all of the previous owner's personal belongings. So to have the dumpster already there and clean out his unit was fine. So we were able to remove him and start working on that unit as well. The next project that we took on was that big first floor unit. We wanted to rehab this unit completely down to the studs. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it's now a two bed, two bath, but it was really a two bed, one bath. So we added another bathroom there and put in a brand new kitchen, made it a beautiful unit. Now, the reason we put so much money into this unit was because like I mentioned earlier, that this is a very tourist area. So in the summertime, if we wanted to do short-term rentals in this unit, we actually could get anywhere between three to $4,000 per week in this unit. Now on a yearly lease, this unit would collect about $3,200 a month. So still very, very good. So this was a big deal to get this up and running. Next, we converted these one bedrooms to two bedrooms. Now, the reason we did that is because our market solicited more of a need for two bedroom units. It's really important in your market to know exactly what is needed in your area. Now, is your area primarily just single people who are busy professionals and they just need a one bedroom apartment? Then you may have left these as one bedroom units. 
For my area, it's more of a two-bedroom market, so this was more beneficial to me to do so. Next, I added commercial-grade washers and dryers, which just created additional passive income. The parking lot in the back. Now, the backyard of this property was huge. There was a lot of space. It was just grass. Now, it was very unused. There was a lot of junk there, old patio sets and things like that. So we cleared it out. We decided the best use for this would be to make it a parking lot, get some off-street parking for the residents there. And overall, this just adds value to the property. The next thing that we did was we looked into an energy program in our area. Now, you may want to look at this in your market because many areas have energy programs. What this does is it allows the company to come out, they do an energy audit on your property, and they decide what is going to be best to make your property the most energy efficient. Now, they give a very big discount for doing different things on the property. In this scenario, we actually insulated the building and we were able to get that cost down by 75% by using them. So we did not have to pay very much to insulate the entire building. This was an older building that needed insulation. The last thing that we did was we installed six new gas heating systems. So the heating systems on this property were oil. And if you don't know, oil is very, very expensive. So it was very important for us to get that cost down. Now we didn't install the new gas systems for probably a year or two after ownership. We wanted to save up some cash flow to get this completed, but this was a big key thing to do to lower the costs on this property. Next, let's talk about management. Let's talk about getting this property up and running. So the first thing is marketing these units and finding tenants to live there. Now, I just put so much work into getting this property back to where it should have been, and I needed to make sure that the tenants that I found were gonna be good long-term tenants. How did I do that? Well, I vetted them. So you want to make sure that you're doing a credit and criminal background check on the tenants. You want to make sure that they don't owe a lot to credit agencies, that they're not totally delinquent on those payments. If they're not going to pay off a simple bill like their cell phone bill, they may not pay you rent. So something to know. Income qualification. I want to make sure that they can afford the rent above and beyond their just basic living expenses so that they have some extra to go buy groceries and do things like that. So my income qualification is I require three times the annual rent and income to be shown in income that they get from their employment. Now, the next thing I look at is their employment verification. I want to make sure that they still have a job. They're not fired and they're in good standing there. And lastly, and maybe most importantly, is a landlord verification. I like to call previous landlords and talk to them about their experience with this person as a tenant, make sure they were a good tenant, they left on good standing, and that they weren't evicted. Next is short-term rental. So I mentioned earlier that bigger unit that I had added a bathroom to, I was able to get three dollars to $4,000 a week in the summer for that unit. That was huge. I used sites like Airbnb and VRBO to market the unit to do that, and it worked out great. But one disclaimer that I want to give you here is just know your local laws in your area for if you're allowed to do Airbnb. A lot of markets are really tightening up on the short-term rentals, so you may not be allowed to do short-term rentals in your area, or your property may need to be zoned specifically business in order to do short-term rentals. So just know your local laws here. Lastly is property management. Now, with property management, this is something I preach about a lot, making sure that you vet your property manager, making sure you find somebody that you really trust. So first of all, you're going to want to check reviews. So when you find a property manager that you want to interview, look online, check reviews, ask them for references, ask them to speak to other owners that they manage for. Now, I will disclaim here that I had to fire my manager. So in the long run, what you'll find out is that holding on to a manager just because it makes your life easier is going to cost you more money in the long run. 
So after the first year, I actually fired our manager. I had to self-manage myself for a short period of time. I do not suggest doing this unless you have experience in doing so because it is a lot of work and you wanna make sure that you follow all the local laws and you keep your property operating at its best capability. Lastly, let's talk about the exit strategy. So let's talk about how I capitalize on the value that I added to the property. First, the current value as of today. Now, when I purchased the property, it was worth $850,000. Now, at this point, that was about four years ago. So I actually doubled the value of the property. It's now worth somewhere in the range of 2.2 to 2.5 million. That's a huge deal. Now, the question comes to sell or hold it. Now, it sounds like you should sell it because at this value, double the money, great, sell it, get out of it. But it is a cash flowing property. So there's no reason to sell it right now because it is cash flowing and it's making both myself and my investors happy. So we're gonna hold on to it for now. A huge plus here is that we own it free and clear. What do I mean by that? It means that there is no mortgage on the property. It gives us a lot of opportunity to utilize the property and leverage the property. So HELOC it, so this is a home equity line of credit, do a refinance. We could put a loan on the property and utilize that capital to maybe go and buy something else. Again, not our decision right now, but it is an option that we can use. Lastly, I call this a piggy bank property. Now, if you're a student of ours, I may have called your property a piggy bank property as well. That's a good thing. So what I mean by a piggy bank property is that it's operating itself, it's cash flowing, it's stabilized. It means that I don't have to worry about it. It just runs itself. If I have a vacancy, it can still cash flow. So it's a piggy bank property. Back to this point that if I do want to use it at some point, and I do want to HELOC it or refinance it to pull some capital out, I can. But right now I'm just going to let it sit, let it cash flow and let it be beneficial to me. Now, do these properties come along all the time? No, but that is why it's so important to have a mentor guide you through the process. Although the whole process can seem daunting with the right team behind you, it is easy to execute. Commercial real estate can be unforgiving if mistakes are made. So having another set of eyes on the deal is crucial. We can help you find the market to invest in, find the deal, negotiate the deal, get the deal under contract and closed. And then most importantly, manage the property long-term. If you're looking for a mentor like this, apply to be one of our protégés just as I did and join the Commercial Property Advisors team.